Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Love With Your Dog. Thanks for joining me once again. Today, I'm going to be answering three different questions relating to puppy training or relating to puppies. So, I'm going to pull that up and we're going to go through it. So, the first one comes from Brendan and he says, loving the podcast panels and Luke, all the very topics you cover. Thank you. We'd really appreciate a podcast episode on dogs getting possessive, bearing teeth, barking, etc. around the garbage bin and looking for food, etc. When I try to remove them, how can I combat this behavior? My 17-week-old Labrador cross-border collie has started doing this the last couple of weeks. So, I guess we're going to start just like how we start most episode topics is how are you managing the puppy inside your house? So, he's 17 weeks old, so he still hasn't really got much impulse control. He's still really excited and I'm assuming being in the house is a very valuable thing to him. And so, if you're just letting him run free inside your house, that's already where we failed. We want to have make sure that we have 100% control over the puppy when they're young, when they're first learning how to be inside of our house. Things like having an exercise pen. So, when he's inside the house and not inside the backyard, he's got a place to hang out. If you're keen on crate training, then crate training gets attached to the exercise pen and then you can start to go through all of that process. But let's just say he's outside of the pen, the crate or from the backyard and is inside of the actual house, I'd be having him on the lead and I'd probably be separating him from where he can be. So, let's just say the pen's inside the general area near the kitchen, near the living room and we're hanging out. Then he can be inside of the pen but of course, you want to enjoy him outside of it but don't just bring him out and just let him run amok and doing everything he wants to do. Doing that will allow these behaviors to start to become a habit. He sounds like a very food-driven dog. So, obviously, where the bin is is where there's a lot more scraps and things that he wants and usually those things can be very high value. Um, Obviously, I haven't been to your place, so I don't know what it looks like, but things like having, first of all, maybe don't let him inside the kitchen area. So, baby gate it or section it off one way or another. Um, Again, we're talking about if you're going to let him run free. If you have him on a lead and we're having specific times inside the house, And then over time, those durations get longer and longer. Then we can have the lead dropped on the floor, things like that. So, when it's time for him to the lead be loose on the floor and he's kind of roaming around, don't let him get access to that bin. So, whether the bin goes into the laundry or whether you have a a heavy bin that has a lid on it, maybe let's assume that you do have a bin that has a lid on it, right? So, he's not actually getting food out of it, is maybe you have to think about getting one of those bins that go into the cupboard drawer, for example, or... As I said before, don't let him in the kitchen so he can't get to the bin. We generally don't want to get to the point where now he's starting to guard the bin. He's like, that's. we want to try to work around not letting him have access to it so it doesn't happen often. And then if we can start layering in some rules inside the house like working on a bed command, you want food, I'm going to send you to your bed, you go to the bed, I reward you for it. So, while he's in front of the bin and you can show him maybe initially that, hey, I've got something higher value. I've got chicken, frankfurt, cheese, whatever. And then you let him know that you let him sniff your hand and then 
you either lure him to the bed or if he knows the bed command, then we can say bed. Hopefully he goes onto it, then we reward him. We start showing him that's the alternate behavior. You can't guard the bin if you're on your bed. And then if he learns that there's more value and he gets more success with going to the bed, then the, the bin loses its value. If he's getting into the bin and grabbing stuff and then you've tried to take something out of his mouth and he's baring his teeth and he's now about to bite you. So when a dog's showing their teeth, they are preparing to bite you um, and also warning you that they are willing to bite. Now, there's a few things about that. What, what should you do? Well, obviously, safety first. If you have, he's 17 with gold, he'll still hurt you if he bites you. But if he's got a, chick, a cooked chicken bone in his mouth, uh, I'm getting my hand in there and I'm probably going to get bitten to get that out because the consequences of, of that bone splintering him um, can be massive. Also, I really don't want the dog to have the success of eating it as well. Now, if he's a bit bigger dog and he's going to bite you, then that, that choice is up to you. As I said, I would stop that dog in any way that I can, but I would mitigate and manage it first so it doesn't become a problem in the first place. So that's what I would recommend for that one. Hopefully that answers your question. Um, I have another, there was an Instagram DM that came to me from Pretty War. I'm not sure your name, so hey. Would love to see content on how to manage puppy reactiveness around dogs. My boy is super social, but freezes up and becomes fixated on other dogs or pulls me to get to get to them to sniff. Super awkward when you're trying to cross the road and if you get stuck because his bloody eyes are all over the other doggos, even, even when they're 30 meters away and walked past just like they didn't give a fuck. So, I guess what I would do there. And there was another question that came in for puppy confidence. I, I'm so sorry. I looked through all the messages. For, I normally copy and paste each question, but this time I didn't. And I said puppy confidence. I try to look for it. So if you had a question about that, I think that can tie into this one as well. Just give me one sec. That noise in the background or Spade's scratching his collar. Um, so what I would do about puppy reactiveness is basically I would be I'm not sure too much about how old this puppy is and what breed he is either, so I'm just going to go general, is before you get out and about or while you are out and about, you want to be working on things like the name game. You can check out Nutris Pooch's YouTube channel and type in the name game and figure out what that is. It basically means when I say your name, I want the dog to give me focus and engagement and, and look at me, basically come towards me. So, of course, you want to have a recall as well, but the difference is, is that if I'm crossing the road, I'm not saying come to my dog. Because the recall to me and how I teach it is that the dog has to be sitting at my feet. And if you're in the middle of the road, that makes no sense. But if I'm crossing the road and your dog gets um, distracted by a dog 30 meters away, you put a little bit of pressure onto its harness, front clip harness, a little bit of pressure, which means, hey, look at me, is how you teach it. You have to look at that video to make sense of it. Hold that pressure on. You say its name. As soon as your dog looks at, at you, you reward the dog. You give the marker as soon as the your dog looks at you, your puppy looks at you. So that moment of looking, your reward. Now, let's just say the 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 answer to that could be, yeah, my dog doesn't want any food when I'm out in those situations. So then what I would do in that situation is start teaching the puppy that that's how you get your food. You get some food when we're out and about. If you want to, if you can't find something that's really motivating, use all the options that I said before, um, highest value food. And if your dog's not, your puppy's not interested in it, then make some of the rations of its food comes from you when you're out walking. And maybe, maybe not going to really, really busy environments to begin with, start off with lower stimulus where there's a little bit of activity where, um, and try to choose dogs that are a bit more calm and relaxed um, when you're doing that. 
Even practicing the look command can be really handy as well. You get your food, you lure the treat towards your face. The puppy looks at you, you say, look, yes, and reward. And that way there, when the dog starts to see other dogs in the distance, when I give that command look, the dog has to look. So both the name game and practicing the look command both have the same end result. The end result is focusing and looking back at me. And that's also come ties into confidence building. You want your puppy to be confident. Now here, it sounds like we're overconfident that super social, but just wants to go up and say hi. Well then stop giving your dog access to other dogs. Don't let your dog go up, your puppy go up and say hi to every single dog that it sees. Um, maybe you don't do that. I don't know, but it sounds like if you, if you get pulled over by your puppy, well then I'm asking how, how big's your puppy, but let's just say the puppies are, you know, a, we'll go a Labrador puppy, 20 weeks old so not like overly huge but quite strong but even a full-size labrador shouldn't be pulling you to other dogs so you need to work on how to manage your lead um if it's a puppy under six months old i'd be on a front clip harness and if people want to say hi i'd say hey i'm going to use this opportunity for my dog to focus back on me if it takes you five minutes it takes you five minutes but if you stay consistent and you persist with it that five minutes will become five seconds and that's going to go over a duration of a week a month or however long and how much you practice Confidence building goes the same way. Instead of when the puppy in this case wants to go over and say hi, in this case, I want the confidence building to come back towards me. When you get a little bit unsure of something, focus on me, good things start to happen and goes off the same concept of it's it's all about attitude building. We want to sometimes lessen some intense attitude so we can have a little bit more of a karma dog when we walk, um, carbon puppy when we're walking. Um which arguably it's better to have a puppy that's a little bit more intense, obviously not pulling themselves to other dogs and getting reactive, barking, lunging, whatever they're doing. If they're barking, then that's why it's annoying, bad habit. But a little bit of confidence when you're growing up is good because we can trim some of that back and make that into manners as he gets older. If the puppy is not confident and we need to build them up, then we want to have heaps of short experiences out and about, lots of focus back on me, and make sure that you're the source of good things rather than letting the the outside world and the experience give a lesson on its own if the puppy's not dealing with it properly, like a car goes past and, and your puppy gets scared or if there's a dog in the distance instead of trying to pull towards it's pulling away, you want to show them, hey, if you focus back on me, it's all good. And the reason why that's good is because if your puppy's scared, your puppy learns to focus on you, and we have to start at maybe that 30-meter distance where it's not as intense and then get smaller and smaller. But what we want to do is show them, if you focus on me, good things happen most of the time and you have to communicate to others not to approach you. And then every time you, another dog walks past and, you, and your puppy's focused on you, he starts to understand when I'm focused on you, good things happen. But then over time, no dogs approach me. So me running away doesn't, doesn't even improve it. I can still stand here and the other dog will still continue, or whether it's a car, whether it's people. So that same concept, try to work it on um, across the board. Lots of focus back on you. Not about sits and down and come, even though you can do that, of course. I think it's more about just focus on me because the more focus you get from a puppy, then when they become eight, ten months old, when they is where we can start layering in more of the rules and making things a little bit more structured. Foundation first, remember. Um, and last question here comes from Christy and she wrote something really nice. So thank you. Um, puppy breaking position when she hears the marker. So there's a real quick answer here is, well, I guess it can go as deep as anything, but I'm going to keep it short is that your marker can be a break of position. It's called a terminal marker. If I 
I could say the word yes and the dog breaks position out of the sit and comes to me to get food. That's still acceptable as just as long as that's your aim in how I do it and how I recommend um, pet dog owners um, work on this is I would say the word and what I'm going to do with the future puppy is saying the word yes and giving food in position. That's my durational marker. You stay in position until I give the word okay. It, and I'm going to have a clicker to say that when I click, means you can break position and come get your food. So both the markers, both announce that you're getting food. One means you break position and it's a release as well. And the other one is you stay in position, I come to reward. If you're doing that and your yes is your durational, but the puppy keeps breaking position. I think her example was when the puppy's on the bed. And she said that she's quite tall. So, for example, she feels that maybe standing up and by the time getting to the little dog, I think it's a little, oh, I forgot what breed, but it was a small, small breed. What I would do then is get closer, stay on my knees. I would lure the dog to the bed, the puppy to the bed rather. I mark it, yes, and quickly give that treat real quick. Yes and reward. Yes and reward, very quick. And then I would get, I would say the word okay, offer food away from the bed, then the puppy can come in. As soon as the puppy breaks off the bed, okay, you can say yes and give the food. Or you can say okay and just give food intermittently, then your okay becomes a release as well. Maybe it's getting confusing. You can, there's so many different options is my answer here, or is my point rather. And so that's what I would do for that. And then over time, the puppy learns, oh, yes means I stay here. And now if you, now this is probably the way that I would do it. And it can get a little bit confusing for a couple of moments, but hopefully it doesn't go too long where you screw it up. Is that if it's time for me to stand fully up, so I go bed, I stand up, mark it, yes, and then go and give the food. And you say, yes, but the puppy breaks position. First of all, you're too far away, so you've got to get back closer and really show the puppy. It means you stay there, right? So, um, and then there's a lot more to it in terms of, like, obviously, if you're watching the video here, then um, then you'll see my gestures. I would go bed. The dog goes into the bed. I move my hand and reward. I stand up, I reward. I move my hand, I stand up, I take a step, I reward. I start showing the puppy that I make the movement, the gesture, then I give the marker and come and give you the food. Don't feed in position and then always release when your hand moves because then when you stand up, the puppy's going to break position. So I think the, the the puppy just sounds like it's excited when it hears its marker and it's coming and it's basically doing everything that it's supposed to. And if it, I don't know how, I forgot how old you said the puppy is, but if the puppy is too, too young, just reset it, do it again. There's no intensity about it. There's no right or wrong. We'll just go, oh, we'll just practice it again. The puppy will start getting it. Don't push them too far too quick with any of this. Um, I had a client um, message me the other day saying, oh, my 14-week-old little puppy's getting frustrated when we're doing training. And I said to him, you're just making it too hard. You're all just only teaching them how to learn. No real expectation. We're just playing games. Keep it short and sweet and always have high-value food with you. I think that's it. Three questions or three Q&A today. Um, as always, if there's any other questions, hit me up. I'm happy to. Now I'm starting to get a little bit more. So we're trying to bunch them up a little bit. Um, but there's another Puppy 101 series that I could um, put out there for people. So, um, yeah, thanks so much. It's a Saturday night, so I'm a little bit tired. So if I'm a little bit flat tonight, then 
it's time for some rest and a couple of days off, which would be good. But um, I always appreciate you listening. Um, really enjoying your support and everyone here who's um, sent you a message and um, and Chrissy here um, wrote a review and, and said something really nice yesterday and that was pretty cool. So you really appreciate everything. We feel in the love and as always, you guys and girls have a good night, good day and be well until next time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches Thank you and stay tuned for next time.